sometimes the world seems to go our way and sometimes it doesn't we hit the stoplights perfectly and make it to our appointment just in time or we get a flat tire at what seems like the worst possible time there's probably never a good time for a flat tire anyway what is the Torah's approach to interpreting these experiences because this issue touches on many foundational principles of the Torah this will not be an exhaustive or comprehensive treatment of the subject rather I aim to focus on the practical way man is prompted to interpret his personal experiences in light of the Torah's principles. The Sefer Achinuch has an interesting description of this problem in his discussion about uh, bearing a grudge and taking revenge. So it starts with a pasuk in Vayikra, Perak Yudtet, Pasukhet, and it reads, Lo tikom velo titor et amecha, so it may be a familiar pasuk to some. You shall not take revenge nor bear a grudge against the members of your people. And you should love your neighbor as yourself. I am Hashem. So the Sefer HaChinuch discusses the ins and outs of this mitzvah. And he also provides a foundational idea. And so he says, Mishar Sheha Mitzvah from the foundations of this mitzvah, that a person should know and pay attention to the fact that everything that happens to him from good to bad it is a factor or a cause that comes to him from Hashem. It quotes the uh, Pasuk in Breshit, Umiyad Ha'adam, Umiyad Ish Achiv. And this is referring to an act of intentional murder or manslaughter, either of these situations. Lo Davar, Bilti Ratzon Hashem Baruchu. There is nothing that happens without the will of Hashem. Al Cain, therefore, Kishiyitzarehu, O Yach Ivehu Adam. Therefore, if someone causes you pain or suffering, Yeda b'nafsho, he should know in his heart, ki avonotav garmu, that it was his own errors that caused this. Hashem itbarach gazar alav bekach, and that Hashem decreed this upon him. Velo yashit machshivotav linkomi menu, and he should not uh, bring up in his thoughts to take revenge uh, on this. Kihu eno ato, because that's not the cause. Apparently he's saying that's not the ultimate cause of the evil that befell you. Ki ha'avon hu that his error is the contributing factor. Ukmo sh'amar David, alava shalom, so like uh, David of blessed memory said, hanichulo v'kalel, Leave him alone and let him curse, for Hashem uh, has told him to do this. He put the matter on his own mistakes and did not blame Shimi ben Gera, who was the one who was cursing him. We'll take a look at this in just a moment. But Nimsa b'mitzvazu to elat Rabbah, 
and further we see a great benefit in this mitzvah la shpit riv ulahavir hamas mot milev bnei adam which is to sort of smooth out or put to rest uh, discord between people and to smooth over enmity milev bnei adam from the hearts of man uviot shalom bein anashim yasa shem shalom lahem and through making peace between people, God will make uh, pay, peace for them. So this Sifra Chinuch is difficult at first to understand. When something happens to me, how is it that I'm supposed to ignore the proximal causes and just look at the ultimate causes? If I get a flat tire, shouldn't I also consider maybe the tires that I buy? And if someone harms me, they caused that. So yes, in an ultimate sense, did God allow this to happen or nothing happens without the will of God? Yes. But am I really supposed to shift my focus completely away from the proximal to the absolute? And how does that help me? And I'd also like to take a look at understanding exactly what happened between King David and Shimi ben Gera to understand this example. So the episode occurs in Shmuel Bet. Perak Tet Zion starts in Pasuk Hay roughly, and it reads as follows Uvaha Melech David ad Bachurim, Vihine Misham, Ish Yotse, Mimishpachat, Beit Shaul, Ushmo Shimi ben Gera, Yotse Yatso, Umekalel. So King David came to a place called Bachurim, and there, behold, someone came out from the house of King Saul. And his name was Shimi ben Gera, and he went out and he cursed the king. David, and he threw stones at, at David, David, and all of the king's servants, all of King David's servants. And all his followers and his strongmen, his security service, was on his right and his left. And this is what Shimi said in his curse. Tsei, tsei, ish hadamim, ish habliyal. Go out, go out, you man of blood, you man without uh, God. Heshiv alecha Adonai, kol demei beit Shaul, asher malachta tachtav, vayitain Adonai et hamelucha biyad avshalom benecha, vihincha beraatecha, ki ish damim ata. So may Hashem return upon you all the blood of the house of Shaul, who you were crowned uh, in his place, and may Hashem give the kingdom, the kingship, in the hands of Avshalom, your son, and you will sort of stew in your own evil, for you are a man of blood. Vayomer Avishai ben Suriyah el HaMelech, Lama Yikalel HaKelev HaMet HaZeh, Et Adoni HaMelech, so Avishai ben Suriyah says to the king, Why do you allow this uh, dead dog to curse the king, to curse my master, the king? How about I go and uh, remove his head? So Vayomer HaMelech, Maliv lachem b'nei Tzuriyah, Ko yikalel, Ki Adonai amar lo, Kalel atavid, Umi yomar, Madua asita ken. So, King David said and responds, What is it to me and to you, sons of Tzuriah? So be it, for Hashem has told him to curse David. And who can say why he is doing this?
ויאמר דוד אל אבישי ואל כל עבדיו, הנה בני אשר יצא ממעי מבקש את נפשי, ואף כי אתה בן הימיני, הניחו לו ויקלל, כי אמר לו אדוני. So and David says to Avishai and to all his servants, Behold, my own son who came from me is seeking, to, seeking my soul, seeking to kill me. And also now, this, uh, this Benjamite, Benjaminite, this guy from the tribe of Binyamin, he's referring to Shimei ben Gera. Leave him alone and let him curse, for Hashem told him to do this. Ulai yirei Adonai be'ini, so perhaps Hashem will see my eyes. That could mean the tears in his eyes, according to some, or his genuineness. And Hashem will return good under the curses that I endure today. So David and his men went on their way, and Shimi went along the hillside uh, along with them. And he went and he cursed and he threw stones against them and he kicked up dirt. So this is really a fascinating episode, and it's uh, amazing to see King David's response here. And I think it underlies this philosophy that the Sefer Achinuch is trying to get at. It's really that a person has two potential responses to being slighted in this world. He can remain focused on the limited sphere of the personal, or he can opt for a broader perspective, taking into account the larger context of God's world and wisdom. In the instance of bearing a grudge or taking revenge, he can focus on his interpersonal interactions and stew in his petty emotions, or his experience can serve as a prompt toward personal investigation. This is indeed exemplified by King David's response to Shimi ben Gera. Despite being in the midst of an insurrection by his son, or according to the Abarbana perhaps because of it, he chooses not to respond immediately to the insults directed at him notwithstanding having the right and the power to do so. When things in our lives are going wrong or right, there is a tendency to interpret events consistent with our past. There's a value in this tendency, as it prompts us to reference our previous experience and learn from it. But our interpretations of current events can also be colored by our past. We may inadvertently project certain qualities onto a situation or another person based on this past experience, biasing our interpretation as a result. When things go well, we take it as a sign that God or the universe loves us. When they don't go well, we feel abandoned and frustrated. These are natural reactions, but they are also fairly unsophisticated reactions. I hit the stoplights, everything's great. I have a flat tire, everything is bad. There are really only two interpretations in this framework, and neither does justice to the intricate complexities of the world designed and sustained by God. King David could have merely interpreted someone cursing him as another example of rebellion against his kingdom. He could have had, a, had him killed on the spot, but instead he wondered 
what he might learn from the situation. And herein lies the litmus test. Do we simply use our experiences to reinforce our existing views, or do we look to new data to expand our perspective? One approach leads to a lifetime of cramming new encounters into our current way of looking at the world. The other approach leads to a life of learning and development. It may also be important to note that we talked about at the beginning this contrast between looking at the proximal cause and God as the ultimate cause. So in the framework of looking at God as the ultimate cause, so we look for those opportunities to broaden our perspective. But that doesn't mean we completely ignore the proximal causes. When it comes to revenge and bearing a grudge, so that's a worthless waste of time. It's bad for the the interpersonal relationships between people. It's bad for society. So when we can let those personal things go, all the better. In the case of King David, in that moment, when he was being cursed by Shimi Mangera, he embraced the experience and asked what he could learn from it. But that didn't mean he ignored the practical. His last recorded instruction is given to his son, Saul, and it's in Malachim Aleph, uh, Perak Bet, Pasuk Chet, and it reads as follows, so he says, Behold, there is with you this uh, Shimi ben Gera from uh, the tribe of Benjamin of Bachurim, who cursed me with a, a bitter curse on the day when I went to Machanaim. He came out to meet me on the Yardane, and I swore to him in the name of God, saying, I will not kill you by the sword. Viata altna kehu ki ishacham ata viadata edasherta selo vehorata sevato bidam shol. And now do not hold him innocent, for you are a wise man, and you know what to do about him, and bring his gray head in blood to his grave. So it really ends up being a wonderful example. He's not saying that you never deal with the practical or ignore the practical for the ultimate cause. That would be a silly way to live. But instead, he took the opportunity, embraced being cursed, asked what he could learn from the situation. And once he had done that, then he turned to the practical. It may also be important to note that to study the Sefer Achinuch's position about how God interacts with man one might look at a couple different places, including his treatment in uh, Parshat Mitzorah, as well as his treatment about the mitzvah of Makav, making a fence around your house in order to prevent someone from falling. So it's beyond the scope of our discussion today, but certainly uh, there is more for further study. So in conclusion, taking revenge and bearing a grudge are examples of losing the forest for the trees, focusing on the most proximal cause, and then reacting, instead of opting for a broader perspective. When we limit the interpretation of events to our existing framework, we shortcut the opportunity for learning. The Torah's approach, articulated by the Sefer Achinuch and exemplified by King David, looks for something new to gain from every experience. As King Shlomo states, Behold Rachaha Deehu, in all your ways know him. From Mishlei, Perigimel, Pasuk Vav, there are opportunities for learning everywhere.